0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Dishcast. I am really psyched and grateful to have Mara Keithling in the studio with me. Uh, Mara is the executive director of the National Center for Transgender Equality, Um, and she is a trans woman who began transitioning in her early 40s. Uh, And we've come across each other a little bit, and I know that mara is is a is a is a feisty and capable defender of her positions, and so we the idea i'm doing several of these in case you uh have noticed trying to get the trans debate a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more con, a little bit more context than you find on social media and some of the more crazy ass websites and listservs that talk about this um Had Dana Beyer before, now it's Mara Kiesling. I'm going to have others from different perspectives in the future so that we can better understand the transgender experience and and the policy and political choices that it it gives us. Mara, thank you for coming. very happy to be here, Andrew. Uh, Tell me, I mean, I'm going to play dumb here because I think it's helpful. Uh, Most people have never met a transgender person, really. It's quite rare for people to... And I would say probably once or twice, but tell us what the transgender experience is. You transitioned in your 40s, so you have an interesting perspective around, like, maybe 20 years as a trans woman and 41 years. So uh, uh, tell us about those first 41 years and how, how, how it emerged in your psyche that this is who you are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So so first I, if just you don't want, mind. I, first, I just want to say more and more people actually do have a trans person in their life. That's, that's why we're moving so fast in terms of our rights and in terms of visibility. Uh, so I just want to check you on that a little bit. But, you know, when I was a little kid, uh, when I was three, I think was the first time I remember thinking about this. And um I think I have thought about my gender every day since. And that's a, a hard thing for, I think, most people to, to, to grasp because most people don't have to think of their gender at all. Um, but I did. And, you know, apparently when I was like three or so, uh, I came out to my parents um, in that I put on my sister's brownie uniform and I went to my parents and I said, see, I'm a girl. And so my, you know, my father sat down at the computer, was Googling transgender, and then my mom said, hey, what are you doing? It's 1962. There's no computers. <laughs> that was a joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, please, please laugh.
1: Yes, I get it. Sorry. It was a while. Yeah. So, so anyway, my my parents apparently nicely explained to me that um, that I wasn't a girl. I was a boy, and I couldn't wear a dress. And... Um, you know, th- I just put it away, and I never told anybody again for um, over another 30 or 35 years.
0: Wow. But it was still every day you were thinking about this.
1: Yeah, and uh, it meant that even in a family with seven kids um, who were all born within an 11-year period— A good Catholic family. <laughs> or rabbits. Um, you know, I, I felt alone. Um, I was alone, this is something I couldn't share with anybody, and, uh, and I knew I had to hide. And you know, it's funny, I was speaking at the University of Chicago where I was an undergrad a couple of years ago, and a student asked me when we got to the question part, the student said, how was the administration here when you were here on trans issues? And I said, well, this is the late 70s, there were no trans people. And this person said, well, you were here. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was definitely not here as a trans person. It, was, it wasn't possible. And, and, and people my age try to explain it sometimes as uh, it, because younger folks will say, so you were in the closet. It was a very different concept than that. It, wasn't, it just wasn't even possible. I was the absolute only person in the world who felt this thing that I somehow knew was shameful. Um and so it was a you know a, a very lonely thing um there were no role models there was no cultural um no cultural touchstones. It was just I was out there alone um in this shameful way. did it ever emerge in the context of school
0: uh elementary school or high school like in anything like what you were expected to do as a boy that you just felt w- you didn't couldn't really handle
1: no no not really i mean other than um other than i was always distracted by this mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure and I, you know i'm still trying to figure out my life like everybody else um but i'm still pretty sure that um this distraction um not being able to be who I was, not being able to even express it, uh, probably had a really, really negative impact on my um, ability to achieve, ability to focus. Uh, Except uh, you, you're
0: you you you're a real success story. I mean, you went to Harvard. You know, you're uh, it, it it on the surface, you've had a very accomplished life. But, yeah, but I yeah. suppose at a cost psychically.
1: Yes, for sure. And you know, I think everybody uh everybody wonders about how it would have been if it had been somewhat different. Uh but so this it was a really important part of my childhood growing up. I think um I, I struggle with whether or not having a really coming from a really, really big family or the trans thing was really the 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 most important uh factor in my life.
0: Can you tell me I know this may be hard to explain, and I think I, I it's something I think you probably have to experience to understand properly. But if you get up in the morning going about your day, like, say, as a teenager, what would prompt or uh, initiate an understanding that you were the opposite sex? Is there there any or is it just structural? I mean, what does it mean to feel like a girl as you did uh, when, uh, you know, biologically you're indistinguishable from all the other boys?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I remember my first day of first grade. Mm-hmm. And um, all I remember about it was my teacher, Mrs. Cummings, beautiful red hair. And there was another little kid in the class named Kathy. I don't remember her last name. But she had also beautiful red hair. And she had this amazing plaid jumper on, a uh, jumper in the American sense, not the British sense. Okay. and um, And I just wanted to be her. And I, I was jealous of her, or I wanted to be her, or something. I, I don't want to put myself, you know, put all sorts of stuff on my one year or my six five year old self. But that's what I remember from first grade. Um, that's the big thing. Besides, when I couldn't pronounce children, and I pronounced it children, and everybody laughed at me. Those are the only two things I remember from first grade. And I think that shows you how. How significant this was in my life um, and it was and I don't know how to I don't know how to describe how I felt um, you know it's really funny and I don't I don't know that I can any more than you can explain how you felt to be a boy um, I I had a good friend who was a house parent um, in, a, in a group home for children uh, for teenagers actually and around prom time this friend said to me you know, there's some guy, you know, you know, one of the boys in my home wants to bring another boy to the prom. And like, how can a 16-year-old possibly know that they're gay? Now, this friend of mine at the time had a 16-year-old kid. And I said, is your 16-year-old gay? And he's like, no, 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 absolutely not. And I said, how does he know he's straight? He says, well, he just is. And see, that's what we sort of expect. We expect that. Somehow, people just feel what they are. But th- the truth is, most people don't feel like a boy or a girl; they just feel like how they are. Right. And I couldn't just. Dis-
0: it seems to me just the static background that I'm a boy. I, I, uh, I was in my elementary school uh, uh, when I was like nine or ten. It took. I have recite this anecdote in verse. You know, I didn't like playing rugby or football. Uh, football being soccer. Uh I I was pretty small and I just didn't like being knocked over into the mud every afternoon. And so after a while they gave me permission to just study in that time. Uh, but so but only the girls were inside at that point. So I was with all the girls, and the girl next to me, Joanna, I remember her name was, she said, Are you sure you're not a girl? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean it never occurred to me. Um but that was clearly there was something going on there. The children yeah. are intuit things um that you know, adults may have to analyze. Um but what happened in puberty then? Because I'm just forgive me for being curious, because sexual orientation or who you're attracted to is independent of whether you're transgender or not, right? That's
1: it is it is mostly. Right. Um mostly. I think there are a lot of trans people who will tell you that um, being trans has clarified things a little bit for them. Um, you know, I think there's, there's some people whose sexual orientation is just sort of assumed because society assumes it for them. Um, and you know, we're, we're all taught we're all raised, I should say, people in our general age cohort um, were raised uh, in what I call gender innocence. You know we were always told there are boys. And girls. Period. That's it. And boys can never be girls, and girls can never be boys. And boys will be boys, and girls will be girls. You know, boys like boy things, and girls like girl things. And then fourth, boys will grow up to fall in love with girls, and girls will grow up to fall in love with boys. And that was a gender innocence that was sort of baked into our society back then. Um, still to a large extent today. Uh, I mean, most of the folks in the social justice movements I work in don't see that as much anymore but most of america they're still having gender reveal parties and people are still hoping to find a well the truth is
0: if a very large majority of people in a society mm-hmm. which is the case in this particular uh case is well uh, always going to have a default assumption simply by virtue of the overwhelming numbers of them and if you are if you are 5% or whatever of the people who are variations upon this theme uh I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily oppressive that a society uh, uh, assumes a default baseline. Like the, I'm assumed to be straight until I, it appears that I am gay. Um, I just think that's just a function
1: of numbers, to be honest with you. And and Pe- people want defaults, um, and and that hurts a lot of people. But the truth is, people want defaults, people- and there
0: is a default. Surely, you know, the vast majority of people experience don't even think about their gender, as you say, because it's just they, they don't question it and they don't they have different ways of expressing their masculinity or their femininity. There's a whole range of behaviors. And then also uh, with sexual orientation, most people don't even think about it. In fact, many, especially straight men, I think men and women are different about all these things to right. some extent, but they... They're generally horrified by the, something going up their butt without, you know, even with their consent.
1: And- I'm glad I have these earmuffs on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but that's basically where, where I mean that, yeah, I think to, to a really huge degree, gender identity and sexual orientation are entirely separate. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I think a lot of us grow up with assumptions that once we start breaking down the gender innocence on any of those four um, axes, we start seeing how kind of amorphous and non-binary the other axes are. Yes.
0: Uh, And in so being, I would argue, they're kind of, they don't disprove the rule. They're a variation upon it. In some ways, they kind of negatively prove the rule that other people are pretty much the same. But I'm going to press you, if you don't want to answer this question, it's a personal question, but it's like, so when you hit puberty, are you attracted to boys or attracted to girls? My whole life, I've been attracted to girls. There you go. Okay. So would you – Would and again, I'm asking these questions. Forgive me for asking them so bluntly. And
1: By the way, and I answered a little more generically than – there's a little more nuance to it. And the word girl is probably not okay. exactly the right word. But based on what you meant, that's what I would like to respond to. Okay. Um, so would you now consider yourself a lesbian? Um, there's a lot of audiences for which that is um, – that's the right word so that they understand what it is i'm attracted to um for sure um it doesn't feel like quite the right word for me so Mm -hmm. um i use it to make specific points but um how many
0: genders are there i mean this is a question 14 14 no i'm messing with you (laughs) Um, (laughs) i saw a list the other day on twitter that Counted 112. Yeah. Um, And it gets at sort of the amorphousness of this term a little bit. Um, uh, And I want to kind of just pick your brain about that. Um, Because to me, let me do what what I've always understood and tell me where you think I'm wrong. I've always thought of sex as simply uh, are you male or female in the sense that do you have the chromosomes, hormones, and sexual attributes for uh, male and women. And then gender, I've always understood, has been a variety of manifestations of those male and female throughout history and culture, and indeed in our own time. There are, there are so many different ways of being male, and there are many different ways of being female. Um, and in some respects, I think that if you really would press it in, their expre- in your, everyone's expression of their sex, uh, it's almost as if everyone has their own gender because we're so complicated, so overlapping in so many ways. Um, how, how is that? Because it seemed, also seems to me that that distinction has shifted in the last 10 years or so, that the clear distinction between someone's sex and someone's gender is now being challenged. And the, the trans question has inevitably entered that discussion area as well. So tell me what you understand by sex and what you
1: understand by gender. Well, first of all, you know, I I work, you know, most of my work is in the policy sphere. And in the policy sphere, um, we don't differentiate between sex and gender. Um, uh, You know, there are already existing sex discrimination laws. Um, So, for instance, Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which says you can't discriminate in employment based on sex. Uh, which, by the way, was put in the Civil Rights Act as a poison pill by a segregationist. Um, but if if I get fired from my job, it would be very weird since I worked for a trans <laughs> yes. organization. But if I got fired for being trans from a job, it would be because of my sex in the legal sense, uh, in, in the 1964 Civil Rights Act sense, right? It's because my employer thinks I'm a man or thinks I'm a woman or doesn't think I'm the right kind of man or thinks I'm too much of a man or too much of a woman or whatever it is they think. It's about man and woman. And that's what was meant by sex in the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And and frankly, that's what was meant by sex in in, in Title IX um, and the Fair Housing Act and the Affordable Care Act, et cetera. So um, sex in a policy sense... Encompasses sexual orientation and gender identity. Now, legally, the Supreme Court said that in the Bostock decision, that, which I think we'll talk about in a little bit. Yes, um, but and um, I remember
0: just to, just a brief. for I remember back in when in the marriage equality movement when we got to Hawaii back in 1993. Unbelievable, but uh, there was a decision there. Did actually arguing the state court argued that their own constitutions. Uh, prohibition of sex orient- sex prejudice, sex discrimination um, applied to a gay couple because one of them was the wrong sex and now it 's a very simple and clear decision, but I happen to be very uncomfortable with it. The reason is I, I really think that gay people should be protected as gay people, not as uh, not as simply reflecting the society's view of them <clears throat> as in some way the, behaving the wrong way for their sex. Right. Um, and I think you and I would agree that back in 1964, there wasn't a majority in the Congress to make sure transgender people were being <laughs> protected from discrimination, right? As you say, it was They
1: a... never thought of it. Right. No. But, but what they thought of was they didn't want to have people be fired because they were men or they were women. Right. That's what they were thinking. Right. But if I am fired, it, it is, even in their construct, because I'm either man or woman, and I'm pretending to be the other, or I'm acting as the other, I'm dressing as the other, whatever it is they're thinking, it is about man and woman. Um, and that's the same thing with the Hawaii marriage thing. It, it, I agree completely that we need sexual orientation-specific laws, gender identity-specific laws. Um, but it's also true that if you're being denied marriage equality, um, I mean, now we don't need that because of more recent decisions. but. It is because they think you're doing something that a man shouldn't do. Yes. And that's about you being a man, That therefore it's sex discrimination. Yes. So in, in policy, we don't differentiate, except in some circumstances, about between sex and gender. And that's, I think, frustrating for people who are, um, I don't know, will we'll be nice and say philosophically Bent or uh, <laughs> no, I mean, not bent? can use the word bent. Not um, bent. It's fine. I, I meant uh, not bent. I didn't mean that. I really didn't. Uh, or it. tilted. Uh, you know, <laughs> tilted towards a philosophical approach. Or... Well, no, there isn't but there is a there is a philosophical
0: question here, isn't mm-hmm. there? And it? And it's worth thinking because it's a fascinating question. So you, so how would you distinguish between gender and sex? I, I just want to understand that better.
1: Well, for the most part, I don't need to. Um, and, by the way, it is all changing so rapidly that almost nobody can keep up with it. Uh, and I, no, I shouldn't say it's changing. I should say it's, it's uh, an understanding is developing. And the understanding today isn't the same as the understanding yesterday or tomorrow. And, and that's why it's tricky. So from my work's point of view, it's actually less important what's the difference between sex and gender. Um, yes, but from your point of view, what is the difference? Yeah, well, you know, I also just want to check you on something. You okay. You tend, you sounded to me like you thought sex was a lot more simple than gender. I think it is. Yeah. Well, re- remember what you're probably thinking of sex is more biologically based than identity based, uh, and and not identity in the labeling sense, but in the heartfelt, I, I this is who I feel I am sense. But sex traditionally has been—there are biological or pseudo-biological things we think of when we say sex. We think of uh, secondary sex characteristics and genitalia. We think about hormones. You know, I'd venture to say that almost nobody on listening today knows what their hormone levels are. Some of us too, actually, because yeah. we have
0: a condition that requires us to Cer- figure that certainly, out. yeah. Um, certainly. But most,
1: most people, of course, right. know. And then there's um, chromosomes. Right. You know, that's the thing that, you know, ignorant in the neutral sense, ignorant people will sometimes say, yes, but, you know, you can't change chromosomes. It's XX and XY. Well, remember the gender innocence thing. And I said, we say there's just boys and girls, period. Well, the truth is, there are a bunch of it, it, even that is a spectrum. There are um, chromosomal differences across a wide range of um, uh, types. Uh, but
0: but but still, um, it's not that many in the in the ver, in the X X X Y. I mean, there are no. There's it, like it seven. Looks like Morse code at times, yeah, yeah, but yeah, basically, yeah. yes, there are about. There are variations, and there are, then there's also uh, intersex, and there's a, it's, it's complicated. Correct. But yeah, you're right. In the churn of reproduction in our species, there are outliers, uh, and I'm curious as to why those outliers exist, but that they do exist, I don't question. I mean, I, I, I'm I one yeah. of them. Yeah. But um, I'm a gay man, I don't reproduce. And, and my uh, testes and all the rest of it can reproduce, but actually doesn't. Do you know that, by the way? What, that I could have a baby? Yeah. Uh, I haven't tested my sperm, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> m- m- but generally speaking... So that's another
1: characteristic. No, no generally
0: things- speaking, of course, and this, obviously sex difference in evolutionary understanding, right, is, yeah. is uh, a function of division of labor, reproductive strategy, all the things that Darwin told us about why some species are bimodal in their sex. If we weren't bimodal, we wouldn't have a future. We, that's how we reproduce. And reproductive strategy requires some differentiation between large gametes and small gametes and so on. And that I regard as basically sex. Um, and I do think there are, I think it's just, it's not my think, there are, as you say, a lot of little variations on that that give you a small number of people, proportion of people, I mean, not, it doesn't matter if they're small, if they exist at all, they deserve to be protected, who are in a slightly more ambiguous Place um, and may want to uh, resolve that in some way. Well, some of them don't want to resolve it in some way, and that's perfectly their right too. Whereas gender is: uh, Am I dressing up in a leather outfit tonight, or am I going to go as a drag queen? Uh, am I? Do I? Am I interested in girly things, or whatever these awful stereotypes are about what women are supposed to be interested in? Am I interested in cars and trucks? Um, uh, And that's my understanding. And so I don't see any reason why uh, people with variation on the theme shouldn't be protected as people having variation on the theme. And what it seems to me that's happened is that that basic idea has transformed into believing that because there are exceptions to the bimodal rule, the bimodal rule is itself illegitimate and that, that there is no such thing as biological sex.
1: Yeah. Well, um,
0: you must come across that, but, but, but I just sure I would like to believe that it doesn't exist, but it
1: does. I, it's just it's just the question of reality. I completely hear you. Okay. I, I mean, I really genuinely do. Thank you. I, um, I you know, we, so in a minute we're going to talk about gender versus gender identity versus gender expression because there was a little we can't do that little conflation there. But you know, I I am somebody who does actually recognize. Um, very much that most people are not like me. And, you know, whereas you know, we, a couple years ago, we got this uh, really wide crepe paper um, in huge rolls that's that's used for bunting and stuff like that. And we got it in the trans flag colors. And we went to the Lincoln Memorial and we had 20 or so people stretching these out. And we created this like hundred foot wide uh or something trans flag you can see pictures on our website and um this couple from somewhere this heterosexual couple from somewhere this apparently heterosexual couple from somewhere came running up to me and they said is this a gender reveal party (laughs) (laughs) which was about as far as possible from what we were doing but you know the truth is um a really big chunk of Americans, if not most Americans, if not nearly all Americans, and I don't know the answer, believe that, the you know, when we're born, you know, before the doctor even slaps us on the butt, somebody has asked mom, what's it going to be? Do you know what it is? And they don't mean, you know, human, healthy. They actually mean, is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. And a lot of that is societally you know, inculcated, but a lot of it is, um, is where most people really are. It's also interesting. They've used the term gender
0: reveal for someone, a newborn or, or, or expectant, right? So they are defining gender as sex, really. Uh, yeah. So I'm, it's all a bit of a mess.
1: I'm, well, that whole process, that whole practice is just kind of
0: weird to me. Did I, you see this dude got yeah. killed? Uh, yeah. by blowing himself up in pink smoke or something. I mean, it's just, yeah. ay 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 it's, Whatever it, happened to baptism? I guess this is the modern form of baptism. Yeah, it
1: may be. But, I, you know, I, I, I get it that most people don't understand where I'm from uh, and don't understand where I'm coming from. But, um, you know, and, and I'm not a philosopher. I cannot tell you how much I am not a philosopher. Uh, I'm a hardcore practical. Yes, c- but kind we should be able. Person. It seems to me we should be
0: able to think about these things and talk about them. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I'm happy
1: to talk about them.
0: Yeah, although well, you you are wonderfully liberal in the old sense, exception to the rule. I'm afraid. I mean, uh, but yes, and it seems to me that in practical, for practical purposes, in protecting transgender people, it it doesn't really matter. Uh, to me, at least, except in a tiny handful of little contexts, which it might actually be salient. Uh, in such which such as such the two that two that I mean, I don't the restroom question. It, it seems to me stupid. Is if if you if you walk into a bathroom with stalls, only stalls, you have privacy of the stall, and I don't I don't know of any cases in which there has been. Uh, 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 an attempted sexual assault by a transgender person. I just don't know of any, and I'm sure I would have found out. And if anything, there is danger for transgender people getting themselves hurt in those restrooms. But even that isn't that common. Most people can deal with it. However, things where nudity is sort of kind of mandatory locker rooms or, you know, uh, nudie camps or whatever, or, or nudie camps that are designed. There's one in Michigan right now that's undergoing some sort of controversy about it wanted just men, gay men, and it's sort of clothing optional, and they camp, and of course they, they will get up to the things that gay men get up to. And they just don't want a trans man in the middle of that. So they... They, they want it to be just gay men.
1: Yeah, but if you, if you really get into what it is they want... Um, it's it, it's kind of a little convoluted, right? You might say what they want to make sure is that there are penises and testes, but there are trans men with that. You could say that there, you know, you can. It it is not that they want men; it is that they. How want... How do the trans men have testes? Uh, well, we can go down that route, but yes, it's it's a thing. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's a thing surgically that can happen.
0: Where do they get the testes from? Someone
1: else? Uh, um, they medi- have testes transplants. The medical supply company. I, I don't. I don't know. This is not something I'm. Uh, I'm aye, an expert aye, aye. on at all. But my point is, it isn't just about genitals. It isn't just about the label man. There is something that they are saying about trans men that they don't want. They don't want to see vaginas everywhere when they're in a sexual context. Okay. Well, that's. And it, that's its own thing, right? But that's not actually what they're saying. They, they don't... Well, they actually... have. I mean, I'm, I don't know. We could talk about this particular, well, story, that that particular was, case Well, no, no, and I don't know that particular case, to be clear. No, no, no. And
0: I don't know much about it either. I just yeah. read about it the other day. But, but it was this question. And the same thing with... Like uh, open showers in high schools. Like if the teenagers are there in open
1: shower in which nudity is where completely there by the way there, is almost no more open showers in, know, in high schools, which so. for
0: gay men is such a such a terrible development. <laughs> it, was, it was that was how I understood what wow I really am attracted to these people. Um, but still, I think there is a natural discomfort. An understandable discomfort among, say, teenage girls to see someone wandering around in their locker room with a dick. I, 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 I mean, it is partly about genitals.
1: So, help me understand. Certainly, understanding... gay men
0: are all about genitals. I mean, we're, we're men, we're okay. incredibly simplistic and, and sort of crude about our sexual desires. And in fact, many gay men, I think, are as viscerally kind of freaked out by vaginas as straight men are. Vi- viscerally freaked out by the idea of dicks going up there but You know, it's it's a kind of subrational, almost pre-rational
1: thing. Um, but 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 how much of that? So what? How much of that is the same thing that kept gay men down for so long? Because other people didn't feel comfortable with gay men in a in a whatever you said a subconscious or a, uh, I have to think exactly what. Well, you it said,
0: depends but. on the context, surely. um Sure. If the context is uh, a straight man's retreat, you know, talking about issues of masculinity, which is entirely heterosexual, then I think having a gay man there is, is kind of beside the point. It's it's a different experience, a very different experience. And I do think that if the context is sexual, civically sexual, I mean, these, these things are not just social, they're also clearly sexual, then that distinction does make a difference. And it's... There is a, you know, there really is a divide. Most of the discussion publicly doesn't air this kind of dirty laundry, but it's there. The gay men feel, uh, the many gay men feel, I say, not all at all, but they just feel that that in terms of sexuality, in terms of a leather bar, in terms of, you know, sex clubs or any of these other contexts or on the apps, that
1: having a dick actually is important. Yeah. I mean, this isn't my world. Um, by any means, but I but you, know, you can see where it's I know from. so many trans leather men, I know so many trans bears um and and I just, this is so not my conversation well,'m um, i sorry but, but, I, but I, they, I no can... no, no, it's fine, it's just not a not a space i'm I'm in usually, but you know they're getting some uh you know they're they're
0: well, I think generally in that context, who cares i mean it, and in fact, it'd be stupid if, 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 uh, however, if a whole bunch of sorority girls shows up at the Eagle, um, which happens which, all the time, by the, all by the time. the way, <laughs> the bachelorettes I ultimately invading. think that
1: was the death of drag. Uh, you know, I know drag's still going strong in, in a lot of ways, but boy, so many drag bars have been brought down by bachelorette parties. Yeah. It, it, but Here's what – maybe that's a good analogy because it kills
0: the mood, right? It kills the mood. And if the mood is really about sex, then it's not really about gender.
1: Maybe. But also remember that that, that safe space for gay people or LGBTQ people or trans people or any subsection, safe space is also about support, not really in the support group sense or the I'll be nice to you sense, but in the being – with people like you, and in any kind of a support situation, we all we all have learned that uh, homogeneity of uh, uh, in the specific uh, homogeneity of context, right? So not everybody doesn't have to be a thirty five year old white guy, but what you're saying is in a situation that you're in where you're hoping for support um, or sex, you think, It should all be a certain uh, homogeneity. Well,
0: I do think there is is a virtue in that sometimes, yes. And I do think that gay men, for example, should be able to have spaces which are just for gay men.
1: I'm in a support group for CEOs of LGBTQ and HIV organizations, right? Yeah. We don't want non-executive directors in it. Yeah. Well, it it isn't even that, but we are, you know, we're talking about what it's like to run this kind of an organization. It's it's an experience. We actually do have um, non-queer folks in it if they're running um, one of those organizations. And we have some people who are queer who run uh, other organizations. But it's really important that we be running organizations right and so we we have a rule that you have to have a board of directors you you answer to and you have to be able to raise money or something like that i forget exactly what the parameters are but it's because we want to have a conversation about what it is we're doing in our work and how we can support each other um, right because you have that commonality correct so in that kind of a support context that kind of homogeneity is really really important but you know we also have a really fantastic diversity um, in terms of gender and race and age um, in there. We don't need that homogeneity in that context. And you're arguing, I think, that there are contexts in your your gay world where homogeneity and non-trans homogeneity is important to you. It can be. And not always, and not in
0: most contexts, but in some contexts, yes, there have. There should be some space for gay men who've had the experience of gay men from childhood onwards having a space for themselves. Let me. And part of it, you're saying there's there's a there's a broader thing. What what exactly do gay men and transgender people have in common?
1: What what is it that? What well, depends on uh, it? Really depends on the individuals, right? Um, again, like I said, I you know I know a bunch of bears. I know a bunch of leather men. Well, what do they have in common? You know, they're bears. They like, you know, big hairy men or whatever the current way to properly say bear I'm sure is. you have
0: just canceled yourself by by defining bears in the wrong fashion. But no, I, I wrote a whole article about bears once. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, uh, that may be true. And, but the, the other truth is that, that by and large, that lesbians and gays and transgender people are kind of separate subcultures and they there isn't a huge amount of intermixing i mean I've, i you know you do see like in a in a gay male context a handful of lesbians maybe in in some contexts often someplace not at all yeah but that that doesn't that and, doesn't and do you do you know and and, and I, I mean i live in provincetown five months of the, four months of the four and a half months of the year and so everybody's completely used to drag queens and Gay men, anybody can do whatever they want, which is part of the wonder of that little place. But there really aren't that many trans people there, at least not in the clubs and pubs and bars that I see. I do know some, but it's, it's not really integrated.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about Provincetown over the last few years is you're hearing more and more that it's de-gayifying. Well, that's true and, and a there's, bit too. And there's more and more, probably mostly Boston Area straight couples and and straight and folks moving to New York, and uh, I don't know what my point is with that, but you know, Andrew, I, I am all for people associating with who they want. Good, I'm I'm less comfortable with place with uh, public spaces being, you know, discriminating. You know, of course, there's all kinds of discrimination. You know, you, you put on a cover charge and you're discriminating in a, in a literal sense. But, uh, you know, there's a lot more mixing than you think. Um, there, now, there happens to be a lot more gay men than there are trans people. So, you know, it, in Provincetown, it probably looks... Well, I know it does because I've been to Provincetown a bunch. But, you know, I also know a lot of trans people go to Provincetown.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's just not very visible particularly, nope. and, uh, and it doesn't seem to me, having been part of that world for a very long time, to be that integrated as a, as a community. It is in theory, but in practice, we're so different from lesbians, for example. Gay men are unbelievably different, and probably more different than lesbians than they are from straight people in many respects. Um, and similarly, it seems to me that the transgender experience
1: is very alien to the gay males. It's very different. Yeah, but you have to remember, until until the early 90s, there was really not much trans visibility. There were some trans communities that had built up in some of the bigger cities. Um, you know, where I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, you know, it was, uh, you know, if you were a trans person, you sought safe space um, in gay bars and in in gay things. There weren't much gay things besides gay bars, by the way. But, um, you know, we've always shared the same safe space. We've always shared the same culture, the same enemies. Well, like, take the Stonewall Inn
0: as the classic. It was very transphobic. It, was, it people wasn't did there. Not, Well, according to all the things that one hears about the history of it, it was it was gay men and didn't want to be associated with with uh, what was then called transsexuals
1: or... or Transvestites transvestite probably in the 60s, it, I think. And, but yeah, I
0: mean, there's a sense in which gay male spaces are about men and if, if 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 feminizing it and womanizing it, not all gay spaces just certain few so anyway yes i mean in some ways in practically it doesn't make a huge difference but i do think that there are obvious strains within the lgbtqia movement that are worth understanding a bit better um i the one thing i can't stand is being called an lgbt person which is a physical impossibility uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's true, and uh, i I do think the conflation of all these experiences into one acronym with no vowels is does a disservice to the complexity and variety of gay men, lesbians and transgender people. Well,
1: I hear that. I I've been using the word queer. Oh, um, I hate that though. I know a lot of people hate it and a lot of people don't hate it. Um for me, we need we politically um societally we need a we need a common name, right? And and no, that we don't. never works out well. No, well, we don't. I think we do, Andrew. You know, I mean, look at the, you know, a term that has so many um uh, insufficiencies is POC, right? That's that, but but it has an important place, um, but it's super inefficient and it glosses over really significant differences that we ought to be looking at and talking about, and it's the same with LGBTQ. I, I hear you about being, you know, uh, you know that's the. Uh, uh, that's you and I showing our age. That it bothers us being called LGBTQ people because most of your listeners who are younger won't even understand why that's the least bit of a problem. I think because it's just a piece of bullshit. That's all. That's yeah, I because no one can be all of those things, and I get that. And, but and that, the
0: idea that this is one seamless integrated community is also wrong. It's it's a much more complicated
1: well, matter we, than that. We use we use a lot of those things. You know the the the, the, the one of the things we've been working on. With the federal government is around um, data disaggregation. Um, and it isn't just about LGBTQ people, though that's super important. You know, trans people forever um, according to the federal government, were MSMs or males having sex with males. Um that, so why
0: doesn't why don't we in surveys and studies, for example, distinguish that? When I see well, that's a what poll, we're trying to do. Good. Because when I see a poll that says there's so much LGBTQ support, I'm like, well, I'd
1: be fascinated to know exactly how right. that shakes out. When you read that, that almost always means gay, um, you know, around surveys and stuff. So, But look at, look at um, uh, Asian Pacific Islanders and data collection. That category is just, uh, is just sort of meaningless. If you're putting in people from maybe Hawaii or the Aleutian Islands and you're putting them in with people from India, what, what use is that data? Right. The
0: use is so you can lump them all into the POC category and leverage that for political ends or set up Correct. organizations the, the, to, tr- to get money from those communities by telling them that they're the only thing standing between them and Maybe. obliteration.
1: Maybe, but be a if you disaggregate this. it and ask um, more specifically, you can always re-aggregate it if you need to to report it or to, to use the data but you can't un- you can't disaggregate it once you've collected the data if you've asked somebody are you right. lgbtq yes, yes of course
0: so, we... so when
1: you read a survey like at
0: yale something like 30% of the of, of the of the class identifies as lgbtq plus i mean it gets to be meaningless to me i mean
1: yeah that's uh, a mean we
0: well, we don't know how they what questions they ask or queer i mean there're perfectly straight men and women going around calling themselves queer which in many ways uh Pisses me off because well, you have a it's like a to very be... different experience, and you and your this is like identity slumming, as it were. Uh, it's it's. I've never heard I, that term, but well, I just made it up. <laughs> but, just, right. but I'm thinking that's how it's that's how it can be done,
1: and it's okay to piss you off. And I don't
0: mind. It's a free country. I'm just saying, yeah, <laughs> that's if they want to say that word, fine. It's just when I'm included within that, when, when LGBTQ means lots of straight people yeah. who just want to seem cool,
1: uh, fuck them. Uh, and no, All righty. Well, Similarly, I don't— I'm going to
0: push you on this Obviously,
1: a bit. I don't know that specific thing. And, you know, my, my um, professional background is just... actually in polling and survey research. So when you tell me there's a study at Yale—and not because it's Yale, but— I just don't even know what it means unless I can look at yeah, it yeah, and see what question was asked. It could be, you know, they could have asked a question like, "Do you consider yourself straight?" You know, and that gets you so many yeah, different numbers. Yeah, no, or they could have said, "Here's a hundred different things. Where are you?" And then they just collapsed it. So I don't, I don't know. So I can't diss that particular study. I'm willing to, if, if you know.
0: Let me I present you with a major it.
1: worry from some people, mm-hmm. which is that. By folding
0: gender identity into the sex category, um, y- but who's doing that? The Equality Act.
1: No, that's not what's happening.
0: Well, you explain to me how, like, I, uh, the, how uh, if there is a conflict between what's called a sex-based right and something called a gender-based
1: right, gender will always win out. Gender's not; it's sex or gender identity. So. If I'm fired for being trans, or if I'm denied a an apartment because I'm trans, um, they are discriminating against me because of sex. They are also discriminating me because uh, of gender identity. Assuming that's why they did it, because they also might be discriminating against me because of my race, or my age, or my occupation. So, or, or income source. So you know it it just so happens the equality act yeah would would codify sex discrimination acts as protecting us all and would also uh would also say we're covered specifically you know as gay people with sexual orientation or trans people and, and... okay let's just take a practical manifestation
0: of sure. this which is there are plenty of now bills around the country and state houses uh on the question of, of girls' sport, women's mm-hmm. sport, mm-hmm. and
1: there Children, you have children's sports, by the way. So what? And children's sports? No, it's children's sports. That's what all these bills are about. They're about hurting kids.
0: Well, also, no. Well, let's. I'm just thinking about the question of fairness in sporting contests. Okay, uh, in which I've been persuaded, and I think the data seem to be pretty compelling, that the advantage that a recently transitioned trans woman has over people who have just been women biologically from the get-go is renders the competition unfair and actually violates the sex-based rights of the cis girls and women. There is a conflict here,
1: right? No. No. Well, no, I just—the the premise is just all wrong, Andrew. There aren't those studies. There are not real studies that show that. And, by the way, if you just look at all of the trans kids who are playing sports successfully, they aren't running the board. They aren't winning everything. They're, they're, they're still being—some some of them are really good, and they win all the time. Some of them just aren't. And, you know, this is the same argument they've made about lesbians— this is the same argument that they've made against. So,
0: there's no distinction, you think, between men and women in sports. Yeah, Bi- there, in biologically
1: speaking, in in many sports there there is. Yeah, there but is there's, what there's a there's a difference, but there's also well, yeah. A so really, when you
0: look at the hundred meters dash, and you can see that obviously women do not run as fast as men, and if you count the advantage that a trans woman has. By virtue in high school, by virtue of being born and growing up with all those hormones, you can take other hormones, but your body structure, your bone structure, your weight, your muscles, they're all stronger yeah, than most women's. And this is
1: just assuming, this is assuming such a homogeneity of men and homogeneity of women. No, you know, it's
0: not, there's no, there's no, almost no crossover. You. You could get, High school uh, boys
1: can beat professional women in in all sorts of contests. No, are you saying then that when I was in high school, if I had been on the track team, uh, competing
0: I'd, against girls,
1: yeah, I would beat all the girls almost
0: certainly. You certainly just, have an extreme. You certainly have a clear advantage.
1: Yes, but some of the girls have advantages over some of Nothing, the other girls, but not enough and, to and, overcome. And when this I say girls and boys here, I am talking. In the sense that you are, just to be clear, I, I, I'm not acknowledging that who you think is a girl is a girl, and etc. But no, Andrew, there's just not these studies. It just is not It it isn't true. There is not an overwhelming advantage or, an, or a significant advantage. Um, you know, there are there are hormonal advantages, um, but, but and there are the resilient effects of
0: I don't know, fifteen or sixteen or eighteen, twenty years of. Uh, I mean, we actually have examples of people who've switched, like in powerlifting, for example. So uh, a woman so these switched, man okay. switched to being transgender, and and broke every record in sight because powerlifting is so related to muscle mass, to bone structure, and
1: to strength. None uh, of these bills are about that. None of these bills are about that at they all. They are about. They, no, are, they uh, are many of them
0: are about um, children. But aren't they also about in the high school sports and protecting— Guess who protecting... goes to high school?
1: It's children. Okay. well, then uh, It's I, teenagers. I, we're, just, we're just talking about teenagers but it's, then. But we're not talking about professionals. We're not talking no, about college. No, no. We're college. talking about
0: amateurs who are, who are competing against one another, and one particular group has a clear advantage over the majority. And yeah, if— They don't? Oh, well, we just— uh, uh, I just disagree. I mean, I think the empirical evidence is, of course, they're better. You, I just look at, I mean, I was thinking about women's rugby in England, and there's, there's one amazing quote from there's one trans woman on the team who is literally twice the height and twice the weight of every other rugby player in her team. And, uh, and they're all like, this is great. We're all integrated. And they're like, well, uh, well, yes, we have had a lot of broken bones, and normally when she tackles someone, if oh, but, she folds like a yeah, deck chair. Yeah, but that's that's just the like old a de-
1: stereotypes. There's... but no, it's not a stereotype. It's reality. <laughs> In that one case, it, I mean, but, but but let's take just that one case. Well, that one case. But look at all of the different cases where there there is that kind of an advantage from one assigned female at birth to another assigned female at birth. Or yes,
0: but the the difference is much
1: less. Than when you have
0: been, that's why we don't have co ed sports. Yeah. Uh, I don't uh, see your argument. Andrew, I don't see from your argument why all sports shouldn't be made co ed. If there are no real gener- generic differences in sporting ability between
1: men and women, Do you know what I then, found fascinating? then all of these contests should be for both sexes. Billiards are separated by men and women, which I find interesting. I, near as I can tell, it's either just custom or. There's a height advantage um, for billiards. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But I've never understood why billiards was— But you can
0: understand why, say, tennis is segregated according to biological sex. And you know what Martina Navratilova says about this?
1: Yeah. You can't find a better— She most recently spoke on Groundhog's Day, which— I well, thought was she's, emblematic. She, she's, she had a transgender. There's no
0: evidence that she's in any way phobic. She had a transgender coach for many times. She's out and proud lesbian.
1: She's But, she yeah, but just what thinks, were they saying about her when she was dominating everybody in the 70s and 80s? You know, they were saying she had an unfair advantage. Um, and and people have said that about lesbians. People have said that uh, to uh, to women so who why identify not, as women. But are why not the,
0: desegregate all sports on gender lines, I, I, on sex lines? Well. I personally am not a sports person. Well, no, I don't. I'm just asking you to address the actual point here. If Wimbledon decided it wasn't going to have a men's tournament and a women's tournament, would there be any women going past, you know, first
1: few uh, rounds? No, I don't think they should desegregate or de whatever. uh, Yeah, desegregate. Desegregate sports. Um, So
0: why can you not understand that it would be for for your average parent parent who has a young girl who's training? to get an athlete scholarship and she's doing really well, then one of her classmates decides that and says that he's now a trans person who wants to uh, be run in this race, uh, and she loses, and she loses a scholarship. Isn't she going to be pissed off?
1: Um, I, well, I, I don't... I, I'm not sure someone being pissed off should be the, the rule here, But but Andrew, what you're still not acknowledging... I, I mean, don't know let, let me just say, say it this way let me just say there are, let me there just say this. the most... Olympic committee has really looked at this hard the NCAA has really looked at this hard the, these are the people who are really experts and have looked at all of this stuff they they've all said there is there are hormonal differences right and and they've tried to create policies that you know there's things i like about them things i don't like about them but there's they have tried to done it d- to uh, do it right I am not an expert in this, and you are not an expert in this. I've had to study a lot of it because I'm fascinated by. But that it's question. not; it's not as simple as, uh, even if it were as simple as all men are better than all women. But it's 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 more of a bell curve, two bell curves with very little overlap. Okay. Let's but put it that way. E, e, let's let me grant you that here, or stipulate that for the argument. You're still making assumptions about the trans kids involved and where they are, um, you're still thinking that, uh, or it sounds like you're still thinking that the kid who transitioned when they were four years old um, has some advantage. Um, you know, the little girl who transitioned at four um, now has some advantage when she's playing girl sports, and there's just no proof of that. Well, because puberty
0: is, the, is in terms of physical strength and power— Puberty, uh, obviously, is the, is the key event. But let's, since we've got around a little bit of circle on yeah. this, let's go back to um, the, uh, the other question, which is, uh, is there any difference in your mind, I'm talking philosophically, but also practically, between a trans woman and a someone who's never been trans or
1: never had a conflict with their gender identity? I don't understand your question. What do you mean, is there a difference?
0: Are they indistinguishable, one from the
1: other? In experience or physiology? Physiology. Or? Well, sure. I mean, I, I mean so, not necessarily. Trans but women aren't always it, women. It, I'm sorry, say that again? Trans women aren't always women. No, I didn't say that at all. Yes, if, if someone's a trans woman, they are, woman uh, if they are a woman. There's a woman in the name. Yes but there's an, there's trans to it too. I'm just saying
0: if you have a, a a trans woman and a woman who's never experienced anything but just being a woman there are obvious distinctions between those two bodies,
1: right? Not necessarily. No. Not 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 any not all trans women will have um transitioned physically in any way.
0: Okay. Um
1: so th- that would be even
0: uh they would they would be even more different than your average woman uh, i am trying to get I at the slogan trans women or women but you're you still you're still, and, and you're still is,
1: creating this generic woman and this generic trans woman and you're trying to make a point without understanding that there is just this uh range or, or spectrum of what is a woman and what is a trans woman and and it it's uh no, but I would think that, that all trans women,
0: by virtue of the fact of being trans, are biologically and physically different than the women who are not trans.
1: Yeah, so that when I'm told that you that.
0: have to say trans women are women as a kind of conditional statement of faith, uh, absolutely. I can't personally, with intellectual honesty, say that's true. I think they should be treated identically in almost every single case, but I don't think philosophically they're the same. I think they're distinct, and I think when there are conflicts between those two, there's a genuine worry that sex-based rights uh, will be eroded and replaced with gender rights in which people who do insist on sex differences will be regarded as bigots rather than just simply
1: uh, uh, dealing with reality. You've bought into another fake argument about... Um, the zero-sum nature of rights. Um, it's not a thing. Uh, like, it, it, it's not zero-sum. Why is it—it it, it is not—if if race is a protected class um, and it's aimed specifically to, to even the playing field between white people, which I am, and other folks, I am not hurt by that because I'm white. And I don't understand why women are somehow hurt because trans people are getting rights. Well, let me give you the two examples.
0: It's not in most cases that you're right, but in some some cases it's not, it's not true. Um for example, the sports thing, which you won't concede, so we're not gonna go around that again. But I think <laughs> it's I think it's biologically obvious. Um and I do think if that's the hill you're gonna die on, it's gonna be a uh, you, it it it's going to be a terrible yeah, and shame. It, it
1: is so it is so dangerous and false to say it is biologically obvious. They there are people who still say that about the difference between gay men and non gay men. Well, there are some I
0: think in the way our 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 uh, minds and brains are, are wired a little differently. Um, I think that most straight men we're beginning to find out some of those differences mainly, but gay men don't have to have don't don't even have any uh need for any external help or support like transgender people do um it's not there's no necessary medical uh differences between them and men but if you're if you're in an operating studio uh, in a surgeon and he doesn't know whether you're male whether you're male or female it's going to make a difference to how understanding diagnosing
1: understanding the distinction i just you know, we have a thing called trans broken arm syndrome. Have you ever heard of this? No. So what trans broken arm syndrome is, is it's, it's from uh, a million experiences trans people have had where, let's say you break your arm, you go to the emergency room, and the doctors and, or the medical people just sort of hover around you trying to figure out what to do. And they say, we don't know what to do. We've never worked on a transgender person before. And the patient says, it seems to be a broken arm. And they're like, yeah, but we don't know what the interplay of, uh, you know, my hormones and blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I experienced this firsthand when uh, a good friend of mine had bursting ovarian cysts. A, a trans man had bursting ovarian cysts. And he ended up in the emergency room down at, uh, well, I don't know where we are, down the street. And... Um, and I went over to help him out in the middle of the night because he wasn't getting anywhere at the doctors because they were like, we've never worked on anybody like you. It's like, it's ovarian cysts. How do you deal with ovarian cysts? It's freaking parts. Like, my broken arm is parts. Um, I forget the point you made that made me tell that story, but it's it well, relevant and that... I win.
0: Let's... <laughs> that obviously... Is silly it it just but if it were to do with that person's reproductive system, if it were to do with say prostate cancer and you were bursting a woman, ovarian
1: cysts for instance. Well, yeah. Um, uh, no, so if you go into the hospital and and it does, you know it it, it and for instance it's ovarian cysts, um, and you don't appear to doctors to be somebody who might have ovaries because of what we've all you know because of the default in society uh yeah i suspect i would advocate that most people tell the doctor in that case hey here's what's going on but you know i break my arm and they're judging me for being trans and i i know it sounds silly and maybe i told it wrong but it happens that kind of thing happens so often to so many people
0: i'm sure and it's ridiculous uh but there might be some questions people do ask doctors ask about sex, and they also ask about race because, well, sex much more than race, because there are some physiological differences that a doctor would want to understand. Sure. Um, uh, and I think that's medically completely defensible. Um, uh, let's ask, now, the Equality Act is actually going to be voted on in the House this week, right? I think Thursday?
1: Yeah. There will yeah, be sorry. no hearings at all. Is, why no hearings? Uh, the bill is exactly the same bill um, as passed two years ago by a wide margin, um, you know, uh, not, uh, bipartisanly. Um,
0: Do you think one, one of the innovations in the act is the repeal of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 with respect to lesbians, gay people, and trans. So no religious organization really has... Uh, A chance under this law, and that is by far the biggest worry about uh, from people like Mitt Romney, who might otherwise support it, uh, that it's that in the balance between religious freedom and sexual orientation, gender identity rights, um, the latter always wins.
1: Shouldn't there be some sort of uh, moderation there? There are. There, there's lots of. Concessions to that. So, any law you pass in the United States just has religious exemptions built into it because our Constitution does um, and, and a lot of other things. What the Equality Act does around RIFRA, for instance, is two things. First of all, we would have, we as um, people who Care about sexual orientation, and gender identity, or LGBTQ people. I was trying to avoid using Thank that you. because it Thank you. I appreciate you. it. But LGBTQ folks would have the same relationship to um, RIFRA as, or, or same to religious freedom as um, um, the other already protected classes in the world: um, sex, race, nationality, color, religion, disability. Um, that's what we were going for. You saying that
0: religious organizations can't dis- discriminate on the basis of religion? Wait,
1: religious? No, no, no. What they cannot do, and what what Riffer was not meant for, was to um, uh, was to beat down civil rights and to get around civil rights. That's not what it was for. Re- well, it was trying to balance. There are there are groups in society that have different
0: needs, and, and, and society takes a balance between them and tries to find a balance between them. And the point about sexual orientation, let's say, uh, is that every single major world religion, whether we like it or not, and I don't like it, but it's true, Judaism, Orthodox Christianity, Islam, uh, takes the prohibition on homosexual behavior as anathema. And this is not a new or trivial teaching. It's a pretty profound teaching that crosses all faiths and is different than race, different than other characteristics or nationality. It is, uh, And it seems to me that some balance can be brought. And this removes any objection to these things
1: if it is made on religious grounds. Well, not not. Not exactly. This does not. Nothing in the Equality Act says the Catholic Church has to have gay priests. No, but it does. Well, that would be uh, that, you know it's, that
0: would be superfluous. But no, I mean, uh, let's say a Catholic agency uh, for adoption does not accept same-sex couples for adoption. Uh, they would no longer be able to uh, have that if they took any public funds at all. They That's wouldn't the be able to make if that if they difference. took any So you're funds. telling the, but you're telling all these organizations that they they're going to be they're going to they're going to lose
1: public funds
0: if they adhere to their own religious. They ideas. will no longer be
1: able to take my tax money to discriminate against me. That's correct. Um, but they, is there any is there any example when a religious
0: person, a profoundly religious person objects to feeling as if they're participating in something they don't believe in as a matter of conscience. Are there any exempt exceptions where that would occur within the Equality Act? Could anybody say, um, no, I'm not going to write uh, any happy uh, congratulations on your marriage because I don't believe in that understanding of marriage. Um, Do you not think that like the Baker case, uh, for example, um, do you know, would that right be taken away?
1: You mean would an individual, I, I, I guess. I'm if an
0: individual ind- says, I make cakes for anybody and I'll put anything on it, but I can't actually create as a work of art. This was the
1: the yeah, yeah, masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, Which was decided, by the way. Yeah, in favor well, was, of the religious person. Kind of decided. Like,
0: was, yeah. Uh, so why, why would you put forward a bill that would take away those rights, knowing the Supreme Court has already ruled them un- that un-
1: unconstitutional. Well, as you said, this is about animus. Um, and well, the Christians would say it's about animus the other way around. Well, I, I'm super sensitive about that. And, and by the way, I, you know, I know the leadership of the LGBT movement, and, and folks believe in religious freedom, but it should be a shield, not a sword. And what we... What we don't want is it aimed at people. You know, Rifra was not meant to protect people. It was meant to protect people who wanted to attack people, who wanted to hurt people. Um, we believe in religious freedom. Nobody should have to do something they don't want to do. But it's one, thing to, it, it's one thing to not do what you want to do, and it's another thing to do what you want to do but exclude people from it. You know, as more and more hospitals in this country are owned by religious institutions, this is a really, really important question. You know, should you know, you know, should you know, the hospital in my hometown that was run by the Sisters of Mercy, you know, should they be forced to allow me to be a nun? No, absolutely not. But if I go in with a broken arm, should they have to fix it? Yeah. What I, if I you want?
0: If, what if you want that hospital to perform a, a sex uh, reassignment surgery? Nobody
1: does. That's not a thing. You can't. That, then why ban it? Well, you can't go into a hospital. It's not. It's not banned.
0: Like there's, it's it's not banned. Well, but, no, if if you can coerce that, make sure that person has to be able, must do that or be fired. Um, it seems to me that's a coercion. That's a,
1: a coercion of people's religious freedom. Well, that's different. It's one thing. So the church, I mean, sorry, the uh, the hospital can say, well, that's not something we do here, right? That's that can happen. What they can't say is prosecutable under the Equality Act. No, not if they say we don't have a, a a gender clinic. That would not be prosecutable. If they said we do, we fix burst ovarian cysts I don't even know what a burst ovarian cyst is to tell you the truth
0: just yes, the visuals are great but we
1: do burst ovarian cysts but we will do it with for this person who has a doctor saying she needs it but we won't do it for this person whose doctor says he needs it because he's trans and we don't believe trans people should have ovaries or I'm sorry we we don't believe men should have ovaries that's the discrimination but if they say we don't do surgery; that's not a thing. Or like, we don't. How about we don't do abortion? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's too helpful to bring abortion into it because that's such a loaded thing. But, 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 you I'm know, just worried about people being feeling as if they're forced to violate their own
0: conscience because the law tells them that they must cede that conscious con, uh, conscience to another group. And that's what I'm concerned about. I don't find that appealing. I find it disturbing. Uh, I, I think there's r- enough room in the world for trans people and religiously orthodox people to coexist. I completely
1: agree with you on that. I, I really do. And I think one of the, the big dangers we're in as a society right now is we've forgotten what politics is. You know, politics is about um, satisfying, it is about um, accommodating and, and compromising. And, and that's just such So we have a model
0: like, say, in Utah where the religious organizations and the gay groups came together and said, we're going to actually put in place discriminatory uh, protections for gays, lesbians, and transgender people. But we're also going to legislate the freedom of the Mormon church and other churches to discriminate in their own organizations or institutions on the basis of their religious beliefs. And so it's, we get this and you get that, and it's a deal. And yet the Equality Act specifically rules that out. It says, no, on every occasion, the rights of gay, lesbian, and transgender people must overcome
1: any objection from the perspective of religious conscience. No, 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 that's not right. What it says is—and there's even some instances where discrimination is allowed. You know, the the clearest example is Catholic priests— right that's what we call a ministerial exemption you know if somebody's a minister they can um you know or i'm sorry uh, uh, an organization can determine who their ministers are and and what dogma their uh, ministers follow um but but you can't you know the the other really clear example is we don't want hospitals turning people away be, when they need help we don't want pharmacists saying you can't get drugs you know it's you know you where where you know, you and I live, there's a pharmacy every couple blocks. You know, there are places where there's one pharmacist and it's 10 miles away. And if that pharmacist says, I, I'm going to, my religious um, beliefs tell me I don't want to give any medicine to this gay couple with a child, you know, we don't want that. Well, there's, there's yes, no, we don't. And that, but
0: that's, anyway, uh, I agree on that front if it's blatant. Like that.
1: Um, Well, but 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 laws have to be. Laws are about drawing lines, and you've got to draw the line somewhere. And we believe that. But this is a
0: ratcheting back of the religious freedom that was protected in RFRA.
1: Yeah, but remember, RFRA was targeted at us. That's that's the answer.
0: But you, the the gay rights movement, has
1: moved towards more repression of religious objections than it used to. Andrew, what we are doing here, I would describe it this way. We are we are we are all for the religious exemptions that existed in the 1964 Civil Rights Act and all these other civil rights acts. We do expect that LGBT people will be treated the same as um, people because of their race, nationality, disability, etc. Okay, let's the T part. How do you
0: determine whether someone is trans or not? That's another kind of critical yeah, thing. we have membership cards. I, well, I, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> um, in England, for example, there is a big debate now about whether your sex can just simply be a matter of self-declaration, that no other inquiry needs to be uh, made. And that has become a problem because people are considered obviously worried about abuse of something where you could just simply say something and become another category. Um, do you worry about that? How would one determine whether someone is transgender or not, except by their
1: saying it? Well, it's 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 not about whether they are trans or not. It's about whether they have been discriminated against because the discriminator thinks they are trans, or thinks they are associated with a trans person. Um, so, you know, I don't actually have to be a trans person to face gender identity discrimination. Just as I don't have to be. Um, a person of color to face race discrimination. I but can be, no person
0: can just simply say, I am now black. I've decided, like Richard no, Dozzell, I am actually black, and I want to be included in these protections because I'm being discriminated against because they think I'm a black person.
1: Correct. Um, and by the way, I didn't mean that white people would necessarily be discriminated against, but I might be associating with a black person, for instance, and be discriminated against because of the association. But um, it's about it, it's it's about the discriminator. It's not about me proving that I'm trans. It's about somebody firing me because I because they think I'm trans. Well,
0: let's let's do another. If there is a if there is a competition say, or a or a a gift for transgender artist or something, right? Let's say there's a that, that applies to transgender people. How do you determine how, how do you know that someone whos isn't is, isn't won't game that system?
1: I just don't even know how to answer this. I, I mean,
0: if I can become a woman by se- under the law, I mean, obviously not in person, but if I can just because it's I understand myself as a woman tomorrow, say, but Andrew, uh, this
1: is one of the oldest anti-trans tropes. Well, let's not talk anybody, about anti-trans. Let's not answer but, the question. But what what does that mean? Like, wh- what if somebody pretends they're gay because they they want to win the You know, Mr. Leather pageant. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's already happened. Uh, Is that that's a contest problem? That's not a societal problem. That's not my problem. Um, It's you know, people aren't doing that. Somebody might do it, sure. You know, it's the world. Everything happens, but it's not a real thing. That's just about. That's about trans people necessarily being dishonest. There is no way. I mean, you well, know, it's the, about that, that about the definition of trans has people... expanded tremendously over the last 20 years, and that's great. Well, I'm, I don't have enough time to consider that uh,
0: much further. I want to ask you uh, a last question, really, about a controversy that's also out there, which is, uh, at what age should medical intervention be permitted? Um, if a young child or if a, let's say, um, a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old before puberty realizes or says that he or she is I'm the just other not sex. An expert
1: on, I'm not an expert on that. I, I don't want to comment on that. And That's, that's about, a
0: very big question in the in the transgender It is debate. a very
1: big question and somebody like me shouldn't be determining it. Um, that should be between doctors and patients and families and um, and experts and I am not an expert in that and... Um yeah, I just don't think I should comment on that. All right. Um
0: this week we discovered that Amazon has made it impermissible to buy Ryan T. Anderson's book when Harry Became Sally. I can't remember exact words. Um if
1: we, do you defend that? Uh I don't know n- enough Um, specifically about what Amazon did. I saw something pass by my thing and I've never read the book to be clear. I get the gist of it, but um... it's okay. It's not
0: awful. It's pretty bad in places, but it's a, you know, it makes its argument. Uh, I disagree with it, but I didn't think it was in any way bigoted or driven by malice, uh, whether this person is or not. Um, I just, if you if you're allowing Mein Kampf to be sold on your on your platform, I don't see why Ryan T. Anderson should
1: be removed. Yeah. I, I don't know enough about the book. I, I will tell you, you will never see me at a book burning. That's very, very encouraging to know. But
0: obviously, no, I, I we're, we're in that. the same generation that we kind of brought up to be old-fashioned liberals in
1: which the, yeah, the yeah. answer to more speech, to bad speech is better speech and more speech. And, and, and light is the best disinfectant. And, yes, all that stuff. But that's you will never, I will never be at anybody's book burning of any book. Um, but I'm not saying this is a book burning. I, I just don't know enough about it to know. But, um, you know, people say... Things I don't agree with. People say stupid things. People say hateful things. Um, some of it has to be controlled for sure. Um, we're seeing, you know, in our country right now, what's happening with right-wing um, white supremacists. Um, and, I, you know, and that's a really hard one for me. That's the that's the real extreme. And what do you let people say? You know, I, you know. Yeah, I'm a big, big First Amendment free speech person. But do you let people say? let's bring our bazookas down to the Capitol and, and, and shoot some folks. I don't think you do. And, you know, and if Amazon... Well, we're, in, we're in agreement on this.
0: Um, I actually think the more we debate these difficult subjects, the better we'll be because we'll begin to understand them better and maybe even change our own minds about this. I mean, I've I've been back and forth about a lot of these things in my head. Um, I just don't like freezing the debate at one point saying you can't debate it anymore.
1: No, that's how it used to be. You know, it it was like, oh, I don't agree with Andrew. I'll go talk to Andrew and try to convince him and, you know, maybe I'll learn something. And now that's that is disallowed. Get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, that is... You know, it's we're seeing that now in Congress, where members of Congress are afraid to, where members of Congress are afraid to talk to other members of Congress because just talking or having your picture taken with somebody from the other tribe yeah. is is going to get you canceled. It's tribalized
0: hell in some ways, in which no actual, really free, unconstrained sharing of views or even the possibility of evolving on your on particular position in whichever direction it is is allowed i i be interesting to see where that all works out one last little note because it's something that often comes up and it reminds me of jordan peterson and we will wrap this up um i am totally in favor of accepting the pronouns of whoever whoever i mean if if i would never refer to you as he or, or i'm totally uh However, there seems to be a, a proliferating number of these pronouns, z zir and and lots of even crazier, I'm sorry, more elaborate pronouns. Is there any limiting principle to these pronouns? Or or uh should everybody be required to use a a pronoun that isn't even him or her, that is actually uh or, or whatever other of these they've invented? Is there any limiting principle on what
1: pronouns can be? You know, it, it, it depends if you... I don't think so, but it depends on what you want to do. You know, I also think, you know, you have a right to be a jerk if you want to be a jerk. And, you know, if um, you want to call everybody chief, um, you know that's weird and jerky but you know i get that but no i you know this the the pronoun thing is important and new and, and by the way it's important because it's important to individuals not because it's important to an ideology or anything like that it's it's really important to individuals to to be heard and recognized and you know, the, but if there are 112 genders, and, and if everyone has a different pronoun, this whole thing becomes farcical. But not everybody has their own pronoun. Um, there are there are different pronoun um, I don't know, schemes. I don't know what the right way, way to say it is. You know, there are. I've read them, and it it, it seems to me to end up like Dadaist well insanity. But, but yeah, I I think. Or just, I think or just that's a, a kind
0: of virtue signaling or a kind of look at me, I'm so cool. My, well, I my don't pronoun know. is woo.
1: But there but there's there's very little of that. And there are there are certainly some outliers in the in the pronoun world. But again, that's just people saying what they want. And you know, do you want to respect that or not? That's you know that's a question for you. But but most people are in a much more confined. Yeah, s- I know but, but I, I but think the hard cases, hard cases are, are worth talking state. about, though.
0: I mean uh, and
1: yeah, but uh, the hard cases—it's—it's it's easy to make the hard cases sound like they define trans people. Right, I and, understand that, and and that's that's what's a little of course unfair. Of course, you know the 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 right now, you know most folks are. You know when you know in, in trans circles now, and in most LGBTQ movement circles now, we say our pronouns when we introduce ourselves, and that's because it it matters to a certain number of people, or a a lot of people. Um, And mostly what I hear is um, she, he, they, I prefer if you just use my name, Uh, (laughs) and I think I'm missing one, but most of the folks I interact with are, are in there and every now and then you know there's there's another one and that's fine and but it's not it's not the Wild West of pronouns out there. It's just different than it used to be. I, I don't know if I mean I think you're a year or two younger than I am, but but um, you know when Ms was used in the uh, you, you, you probably remember like I do getting like birthday cards when you were in like elementary school and they were always addressed to like master. Oh, that did sometimes happen. Remember? Yes. Um, and Ms., everybody thought Ms. is never going to stick, right? It's Miss and Mrs., and it's about marriage, and Ms. will never stick, and Ms. stuck. Um, but, you know, other stuff didn't stick. And So, we, in other words, we
0: will come to some, at some point, we'll come to some balance here, and we'll we'll figure out.
1: I think we have. And I, think,
0: m- I think, honestly, the balance is quite simply what you were describing, is that, is that is that people on the far left don't give ammunition to the right by coming up with these absurd names for genders, these absurd, endlessly proliferating pronouns. And then when anybody says, what? They say, you're a bigot. <laughs> and that is a horrible dynamic to be in. And it does seem to that, me that, and I will say that that there is an element to the left now um, which is almost looking to be offended, looking to call people bigots and... Uh, prejudiced, uh, biased, uh, and a hectoring tone that, let alone these online swarms. And if you, if you'd question anything about what we've been talking about, you would get absolutely swarmed by, by, by trans activists, uh, shutting you down and yelling at you, calling you all numbers. of things. I mean, can we, could it be possible? I mean, you're, to my mind, you're the exemplar of this, uh, in as much as, You're prepared to come here and talk about lots of really tough little difficult, emotionally difficult subjects. Um, But we're being told that we can't talk about it anymore. And is there hope that the the gay rights movement or the transgender rights movement or whatever it now is uh, could be a little bit more positive about it and a little less harsh towards people who have a hard time understanding this and coming to some acceptance of it?
1: Well, I think the the phenomenon you're talking about is certainly not limited to the lgbt movement no 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 and but it's it's kind of and come i'm really in. worried i'm honestly really worried i you know i was having a conversation in 2016 it's the first time it really became clear to me with somebody who was a bernie sanders supporter and somebody who was a hillary clinton supporter and they were acting as if the other person was immoral not just wrong, not just misguided, but immoral and bad. And, um, and the Hillary Clinton person left. And I, 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 it could have been the other way, right? Mm-hmm. It could have been the Bernie person who left. So I'm not dissing on Bernie here at all. but um, And I said something like, well, you guys just kept both saying the same thing and denying you were saying the same thing. And the person said, well, the difference is I'm right and she's wrong. And that's the problem between the left and the right and the left and the left and the right and the right and the middle. And and and, and I think there is a bunch of people in the middle who are just terrified of the whole thing. Yeah. But we have become a less kind place. We have become a less reasonable place. Um, and it isn't just on the left. It isn't in the LGBT movement, though there are strands of it everywhere. And we all need to figure out that it's us who's got to fix it. Um, it is, it, you know, if we all think the other guy did it, um, we're kind of morons because we all did it and we all got to fix it. And I don't think people understand that. And, and, you know, people don't understand that politics is how we all work together, not how we cancel Thanksgiving, which we've had for 100 years together and now we don't have it anymore. Because what...
0: we won't talk to members of our own family over these right. kinds of right?
1: And questions. and by the way, it's not smart to have Thanksgiving dinner maybe anymore because all it is is hate. And but you, the, and the idea a... is to go there and try
0: and overcome that hate and by dialogue. That's that's the liberal response, um, right? But I'm not sure that dialogue is the thing anymore.
1: That's and and you and I have talked a little bit about this. I do. Before, I mean, I but...
0: I feel like my own experience in the marriage movement was that more speech. I I published an anthology of anti-gay marriage pieces as well as pro-gay marriage because I believed our argument was better and that (laughs) you hadn't there was no reason. And I think there's an element on the left that which really thinks they know better than most people and therefore don't want to submit their proposals to popular uh, disagreement. I think you agree with me. I mean, we're both old-fashioned liberals, it seems to me. I just wish more people were in the movement. I just want to thank you, Mara, because there are almost no really frank debates. I've been devil's advocate here as much as I can, because I think that's what... And we can whine about the loss of a liberal democratic culture, but the only way, as you're you're correct, I think, is that we practice it. If we can practice it, it's it's certainly more interesting than screaming at people. Uh, It's certainly allows the possibility that we each are wrong about something and might actually gain new insight from the dialogue. And so I'm just grateful for you coming here. You know, I've I've had a hard time uh, finding other trans people willing to come and have this kind of conversation. And I wanna just pay tribute to you for doing that and for not personalizing this and to actually talk openly about it. You're confident in your position for, for all sorts of good reasons. Um I just want there to be more of an un- more of a thrashing of this out and maybe some compromise somewhere along the way
1: Well, I appreciate your having me here. It was uh, a spirited talk,
0: yeah, which is what we're all about. Um, yeah. thank you so much, Mara, And I'll see you all next week.
1: Thanks, Andrew.